Hi. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello. Hi. How you doing? So good. Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three slash five birth professionals. And best friends, or soon to be best friends, I think. <laughs> and we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. Or as we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. I'm Kim Haynes, midwife at Linden Tree Midwifery. I'm Meredith Rao, also midwife at Linden Tree Midwifery. I'm Jess McKee, a doula for clients in and out of the hospital, and also a birth assistant with Linden Tree Midwifery. And we have two guests here. Uh, first guest, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Diana Shusterovich. I'm a generalist OBGYN. Awesome. And second guest? I'm Nana Hashemi, uh, an OBGYN in the area. Awesome. Have we ever had two like hotter <laughs> guests on our no. show? No. <laughs> Maybe so Diana. Their <laughs> skin is like... <laughs> Their skin is so like my favorite word. It's so glistening and perfect. If there's drank a lot of wine last night, Botox. (laughs) Join the club. It's the weekend. (laughs) It's called sweat. (laughs) (laughs) There is one thing that we are truly very good at, and it's making people feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's one of my greatest thrills in life. One of the the managers of the bar where we always live, um, the toilet was clogged, and he was like, I just don't understand what's happening. And I was like, if you'd stop putting your damn tampons in the toilet. And he was like, <gasps> and I was like, "Oh, come on, Brian!" He oh, goes, I, "I can't, I can't talk about this." And he just like ran away. Like, he can't. I'm like, "Just say penis." That's a He's shame. Like, he couldn't. He, he couldn't. couldn't he it. has to say private parts. Private parts. Also, let's acknowledge that this is like the Moose or the Legion. It's definitely not a place where you talk about tampons. Yeah. I do. Oh, God. And race tampons and racism. Vaginas, racism, Hence cultural awareness. That we're good at making like people I know. feel uncomfortable <laughs> while raising awareness. But we are so excited for today's episode because we are we are interviewing two OBGYNs that um, all of us have had experience of clients of ours transferring to your practice and having births with you guys. And yeah, so we want to talk a little bit because we come from two different worlds and not really. Our worlds not collide really. a lot. Why are we in two different worlds? Why do you think that? We're not yeah, really in it. two different worlds. <laughs> really getting into it. I like very quickly. Yeah. It's not actually different nope, worlds, but it's tend to be made out to be two That's different right. birth that worlds true. that cannot, and I like to say this, come together. <laughs> but one of the whole points we wanted to make today is that if we do come together, beautiful things can happen. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, guys, if I offend you. Just <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen or they yeah. would not have agreed to be I here. am not easily We're offended. We're not offended. Yeah. No. No. So, okay. so can you guys tell us a little bit more about... I want to hear from you, like how you got into doing what you're doing and part of like your goals as a, a in your practice as a practitioner. Lord. Okay. Um, so the way I got into OB was when I was in medical school, I saw, this is a very long story short, because I was going to do forensic psychiatry, actually. I love of course it. Because I love true crime. Yes. Yep. Um, and then I did clinical psych, and it wasn't for me. And then I saw my first C-section, and it was actually a crash C-section. It was at Fairfax. And I said, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Now I know that... That is not what you ever want to do for the rest no, of you your don't. life. But it happens. But, but it was the, a door into a world. It was that a door into a world in. that I truly love. Um, I love taking care of women. I think 
don't They're know if easier. I'm allowed to say this, but You're I think women are the superior sex. Oh, <gasps> I say That's that refreshing. all the time. Okay. Yeah, I think hands down, we are just better and stronger. Um, and I just, I think it's just, it really is a unique uh, job that we have where we get to take women from adolescence to, you know, through their childbearing years into menopause, perimenopause, and talk them through all of these complex life stages that they go through. And I think it's a great privilege to take care of women. Not to say that I love my job every day, because I definitely don't. How could you? Nobody does. Nobody does. But I think overarchingly, I feel extremely lucky. That's why we say sometimes our job is more shit than giggles, because (laughs) a lot of people only see the like glitters and rainbow. And then it's like, no, there's a lot of of ugliness. There's a lot of shit. Yeah, Yeah. there's a lot of shit. We were saying earlier, if we cared less, it would be easier. And you can tell when a provider cares less because I'm like, look at them. They're and so that's why carefree. we're here and today talking to y'all. Yes, and I went home on care. Friday night and cried. Oh, man. So, yeah, we we all look, cry. she's a really good friend. I'm not the only one. I feel like yeah, we, oh, no. we all cry sometimes. Oh, it's good to cry. It's good so to my cry. mom did yeah. was a forensic nurse for a very short time, oh. and she couldn't. She was like... That is hard. Yeah, like... I'm, I'm looking to get SANE certified, but oh, it is so a hard. hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's hard really thing hard. to do. Mm-hmm. So tell us about yourself. Me? I'm just a plain person, honestly. Yeah, she's not nothing, a plain nothing person. Special. I, I can tell that. you the reason I actually went into obstetrics. I knew I was going to do obstetrics since I was a kid. My grandmother was a lay midwife. So I grew up listening to stories about... Um, her tying off the placenta, grabbing the placenta, what the things that she did. And this was in a different country. Well, I was born here, but she was not. And so I was a first generation. So listening to her stories um, fascinated me. And then um, she was also a cook. So I that's why I think I cook a lot that's too. Why you cook so yeah. well. she, she cook with like the placenta? No, no, no. I don't. Th- I never heard her cook a placenta, but she does. She was a great sh- uh, cook and a chef, and so I think I've always. I'm just very similar to her, but um, I listened to those stories, and I remember when I was 12, I delivered my dog's puppies. Oh, oh my god! My. I didn't know that about. Her. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. German Shepherd puppies. So and I and I was like, well, this has got to be for me. So uh, I've always wanted to be an obstetrician. <laughs> And then I went to medical school and I thought, maybe I should do something different. And I thought maybe reproductive endocrinology, doing IVF. And that was like my worst grade. The guy hated me. Unless you're a genius, do not No. And then I thought, well, maybe uh, GYN oncology. I mean, I really love surgery. I mean, surgery is, you know, half of our business. Mm -hmm. And so we really do love doing pelvic surgery, reconstructive surgery, oncology. Yeah. And the OR is actually quite fun. But um, I, I, I like the balance of a generalist in the sense that I, you know, half of my business is on labor and delivery, helping these women, the thing kind of that's where my roots are. And the other half is, you know, um, operating. So it's, it's really fun. I thought that I'd meet you and be like, she's not that cool. And I'm like, I love you. I'm a she's bitch. She's incredible. <laughs> I'm a bitch. <laughs> I'm no. Everybody, well, I everybody hates me. It's okay. <laughs> I can tell you another little personal nugget about myself. I had an initial job after residency, after I graduated, and it was un- very fortunately not a good fit. And I was... Thank God. Very down on my luck, um, looking for a new job as a new grad, which is, is scary. 
and somehow we got linked up through a recruiter and as soon as I met her I was you like just knew no yeah. I just looked at her name and actually the picture the on your on your on yeah <laughs> I look like a gymnast she no like, oh, yeah she looked like Nadia Komunik and I was like I like her and so my my grandfather's Russian and um she's Russian I thought you know I gotta get this girl um and so I just called her I was like no you have to come she came all the way from New Orleans to oh, visit wow. yeah I was, I was staying my I trained in New Orleans oh sorry I trained in New Orleans so That's I was so visiting cool. uh my, my partner at the time well he's still my partner yeah but I was visiting him at that time um and I was like all right I'm gonna come down for this holiday party to meet these people and I just I just knew that we had to have her the yeah whole, the whole group is so wonderful. he lived here he still Love lives there he's, he's, oh, he's there he's, okay He's going to move. If he doesn't, we're going to have to have a discussion. He's coming on up. But NOLA's also pitch for NOLA. NOLA's a great city. But regardless. um, But that, our entire practice, it is unfortunate that more people couldn't be here because Mm -hmm. I think it is a very unique practice that, um, oh, thank you. See, it's not intuitive to move with the (laughs) microphone. Um, we, We work with midwives. And I in my training and on my first practice had never really worked that closely with midwives before. Um, and it has changed my view of OBGYN in a really drastic way, I think. And it's unfortunate. Tracy, our head midwife would have been a really good addition. Yeah, Tracy's because she started. Well, Tracy and I started together. Tracy was, um, I was solo by myself practice. And then I, um, that sounds awful. It was, it was actually probably easier than you think. It was much easier. Oh, can't whoop Wow, that's nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Tracy was um, a labor and delivery nurse, and then she became charge nurse and nursing supervisor, and she was like, I'm going to midwifery school. I said, okay, She's when you badass. finish, you're going to come I work with really, me. really, really good things about her. She's good. I mean, she drives me fucking crazy, but oh, she is. Oh, that's how Meredith she, drives me yeah, crazy. Yeah, but she, I love her. But don't tell it's her that. That's one of the reasons. <laughs> um, we won't tell her. You just told her yourself. No, my, she knows. my mentor on Mondays, my Monday mentor. That's so in awesome any event, she, she went to midwifery school during as being a nursing supervisor, working in the hospital, and then I said, you know, you, I, you need to come work with me. And she's been with me since out of, uh, out of, uh, that's, midwifery school. That's so and, great. um, obviously she's changed my practice too, because of course my C-section rate went lower. Um, and I did see things differently and I only credit her. And then she, her idea of this midwifery practice in our practice in, as a subset of our practice is really all of Tracy's ideas. And she's handpicked every midwife who's come here. She's handpicked them. And I have to say, having done several births in the past few months with that practice, just like, I have been absolutely blown away. I've come home from these births, and I'm just like, I cannot believe that I'm in a hospital right now and that this is happening. And they have so much respect for clients that are even like, definitely harder to I mean, care they're people. for they're yeah. people yep. i mean what are you going to say are you going to make the most important day of their life a, a, yes. a shit that. day for them yes. yeah. some people will do that and well, why would you do that that doesn't make sense that that is such huge. a good question yeah. would you and ruin we, somebody well, on their wedding day right would you would you fuck up their wedding day no. for them it's an important day for them <laughs> no, true. damn it i wouldn't true. <laughs> it is true i think that that was one of like the biggest yeah. takeaways we wanted to take away from this episode is that um we all know that between like obstetricians and midwives and everything in general that there's lots of undercurrents of weird politics but I've seen where those weird politics you can walk into a hospital and they will then pass that on to the client and make their big day hell Mm -hmm. and then there's others where it's like you walk in it's like no matter how you feel about what's going on in the situation how do we 
respect and care for the client so that no matter what's happening, we can help them have the best birth they can regard and safely and happily because that's the biggest thing. And that's one of the, the biggest things we love about your practice is that every time I've been there, my clients have walked away feeling so respected in right. every way. That's yeah. so nice to hear. Well, I think the truth is, you know, she really undersells herself. Netta is like the heart and soul of this practice. Of course she is. The reason it's true. I'm not just being nice. I'm not like a warm person, but all <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cold hearted bitch. I'm, I'm a cold hearted bitch. <laughs> but all of that to say, um, the reality is, I think, recognizing like a common goal. And this was difficult for me because I trained in the South where there is a staunch difference between the midwives on the unit and the OBs on the unit. And a lot of it was very like we went head to head a mm-hmm. lot of the time. And I was sort of trained in this idea of it's bad. You know, it's right. unsafe. Right. And after I came to this practice, I have seen that that is definitely not always the case and often isn't the case. Mm-hmm. And also, I think common goal, right? So we all just want a healthy baby and a healthy mom. Yeah. And recognizing that we all share that common goal and then thinking, okay, how do we align our ideas to get to that common goal together has started to help me be able to walk into those rooms more open-minded. Mm-hmm. And not afraid. And, and not, not afraid. Yeah. It's it's yeah. not having fear. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. know we can do a C-section very quickly yeah. if we needed yeah. to, right? Yeah. We don't have to be afraid. I mean, it's true. And I think it's the fear. Even on our end, it's mm-hmm. fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also just listening to people. I think the common threat, just in life, people want to be heard. It's yeah. true. And that's it. But most it. people are waiting for their turn to speak. You you don't hear what other people are saying. Like That sh- is true. You're good at teaching me to listen, like, I hear you, but do you, do I hear you? You know what I mean? Yeah. But you ask like, would you fuck up someone's day? Like, no, I wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, but it's just shocking how many people would. Um, but I think it's just like my mom is now like indoctrinated into the medical community and she's terrified of birth. Like every time Mm. I have a home birth, she's like, just go to the hospital so that Mm. if something happens, you have help. And I'm like, ma, like you went to the farm, we went to Haiti, we did all these things and, and that's not what I want. But she has seen so many things go wrong yeah. that it's hard not to approach. Like if we have a crazy, scary moment, it's hard not to approach the next yeah, birth, you know? I mean, we, we get scared. I mean, we're people. We're, mm-hmm. not, there's, we're not superhuman. We do get scared. But yeah. um, it is, um, you have to keep telling yourself just, calm down you know you have everything in your fingertips I mean us in the phys- in the we hospital do. we have yeah. everything in our yeah. fingertips I have a great team a and I have to also tell you that Tracy and my other providers I mean I haven't mentioned the other ones I mean Dr. Yeah. Merriman oh. is probably a, an encyclopedia walking around I she mean she is. don't you don't even she she's is. Google you don't even have to look yeah. anything up yeah. just yeah. ask so her impressive. Um, and we have Dr. That. Diamond who is a doll and then also we have an encyclopedia encyclopedia because she's studying for boards right now knows everything about and then we have our midwives we have um, Katie and Melissa and they are just so fabulous and they I think it's yeah. the I think the fact that we all rely on each other mm-hmm. I think that's a feeling of security that yep. we have and that the midwives have really done a big job in our hospital yeah in Fair yeah. Oaks changing educating yeah. uh, changing the culture mm-hmm. I mean I really I really give it to our midwives, changing the culture, getting people to the nurses to understand spinning babies and exercises Mm -hmm. and all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. So almost every nurse, I mean, they even brought a spinning babies course to our hospital. And that makes such a big difference. Did you go to the one when it was in fair? The things I've seen since starting to incorporate that is things I would have never, I would have never imagined this woman would have given a birth vaginally. How many times? 
and it and works. We had um, one of the listeners, one of our listeners, like wrote in to say that she every week she puts up like try this position, like spinning babies, <laughs> try this position, and just yeah. doing that, like. Oh, she was a rate went down. She was an L&D nurse in Canada in a high risk hospital. And she started doing that. And she was just like the changes that have happened just in our on our floor have been crazy. Well, I mean, in Fair Oaks, we just came out with our numbers. I'm on a lot of committees and our numbers have just come out in all of the system. We just came out with the actual lowest C-section rate (gasps) in all of the Innova systems. Yeah. I mean, it it hasn't actually, I don't think it's actually been published. I I love that that for you. I'm sharing it. That made me feel good on this rainy Sunday. I needed that. But it's actually not just our practice. I think it's, it's the culture that's changing in our hospital. I think the midwives are really helping that and it's, it's affecting all those doctors who used to be also anti-home birth or anti, um, you know, just being, you know, laying your hands off, you know, laying your hands off. You don't have to be so interventional all the time. And I think that's really, and we have like a C-section review committee. Could you have done other things, Um, which uh, Dr. Diamond is on and Dr. Merriman Mm -hmm. was on. So I think there's a, it's, it's really filtering down, not just from our practice, but filtering down to everybody. So I really think of all the Innova hospitals, I think our hospital system seems to be yeah you know really on board so why do you think that is because from our perspective that's so unique right and it sounds like from your perspective also it is so Mm -hmm. what do you think is different about y'all's like hospital you're working at and what are the barriers for other practices getting to that point because i feel like why wouldn't you want your c-section rate to be lower why wouldn't want you want your numbers to improve well i think everybody's number they're trying to they are trying to but i think it's harder in bigger hospitals like um like the fairfax because they do have such a higher risk population and they have maternal fetal mass and there's so many physicians there you know whereas we're we're more of a boutique bougie community hospital so we all know each other and the doctors even rely on each other you know, yeah. which is amazing, which yeah. is very like helpful. I had a very scary C-section a few days ago and one of the hospitalists sight unseen, not knowing anything came in and, and helped me. And that was, and there was no qualms on my end that she right. would do that. Right. 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 So that is, that's what I love about our hospital. And actually. I think what she's trying to say is that we all feel like we have support. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we want to extend that support to the home birth, to the birth centers mm-hmm. is that you still have support. And we just have to develop that relationship where you have a safe place to land. And if there is something that that you're worried about or concerned about, you just call us. You text yeah. me. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what do I think I should do? Help. Well, I don't know. Let's <laughs> yeah. look at it. Let's see where we figure it out. I mean, so there is yeah. good continuity of care. Absolutely. And I've had mid- I've had a midwife call me and say, I'm not sure if this is getting to the point where we need to transfer her, but I think we may have to. So I just want you to be aware of right. this Have patient. a heads up. Mm-hmm. So it gave me time to mentally prepare and think, okay, well, what am I going to do when she gets here? And I think that that was, that was nice that she yeah. was able to feel comfortable enough to call me and tell me about that. Right. So and instead of I think that's been so nice because all of this really boils down to like our clients too. And it's been helping me to be like, listen, I know because there's all these scare, scary stories out there. Like you go to hospital, you're not going to be listened yeah. to. This is going to happen to you. That's going to happen yeah. to you. And it keeps them from wanting to transfer. Exactly. And I'm like, yeah. That's of dangerous. Course. Like of you course. have to be a, and then even if they do transfer, they're on guard the whole time, which makes it hard for you mm-hmm. to enjoy your birth. So just being able to say like, hey, I've done some births here. They're so respectful. They're going to listen to you. They're going to want to try and make everything they can to make you feel comfortable. And then you see them drop their shoulders and have a big sigh of relief and be like, OK, I can feel safe there. And that makes yeah. such a huge difference. But we can't say that about 
every hospital because sometimes I'll walk into a hospital and a doctor will walk in the room who makes clients feel unsafe, mm-hmm. even though it's a safer place for that client. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like a really hard dichotomy to. I think it's important too because this really drives me crazy. But in our community, we hear a lot of like OB bashing, like oh, well, blah yeah. blah, and I'm like, okay, and vice versa, us. right? And vice versa, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like. It's not, you can't blame the statistics for our country entirely on this group of people. Like our women need to educate themselves. They need Mm -hmm. to do research. They need to interview providers. They need Mm -hmm. to choose the right one. So you guys are choosing and you're helping. Um, I just think that sometimes women can do a better job too, taking that, you know. Yeah. But even if they don't, even if they don't, because we all know that there's a large percentage of people who aren't going to do that. But those people deserve to walk in and have safe births, too, and not just have everything thrown at them because they don't know. Right. But but it's important that they get educated. It is important. They know that like sometimes some things are very unrealistic. Yeah. For instance, now let me give you an example of somebody who comes in with a birth plan. and I'm like, uh. Okay. I love this so much. Yeah. So a lo- we review with them. And I could say yeah. nine times out of 10, the birth plans are very realistic, yeah. whether it's from yeah. a home birth or from a transfer or from one right. of our girls. But sometimes they'll put things in there and it's just because they just don't know. They read it on the internet. Like, I want a walking epidural. Right. Well, girl, yeah. what? Nobody's doing walking epidural. <laughs> yeah, they tried they when I was a resident. Well, they did. When I was a resident, they were trying. And then. Were they really? Yeah, the girls would fall. <laughs> <laughs> they would get up and they would fall you, because it, because it was the not. Epidural's not working if you're walking. Right. right. No, they were trying to walk. But, but I mean, it makes sense. Having some regional anesthesia, yeah. they can walk and yeah, move. Yeah, yeah. But the, the thing, it stopped it because they were falling and there was injuries. So, it, yep. but it's still oh, out there. People man. will say, I want a walking epidural. Well, girl, I would want you to have a walking epidural yeah, too but it just great. not it just doesn't happen right yeah. but we can get you an epidural that you can still move and we can do exercises right. and you're not going to be sitting in the bed just looking at yes. the tv yeah. Yeah. yeah you know yeah i know i've had people say where'd you where'd you get that idea google and it's like mm, maybe yeah <laughs> oh there's we a lot all of get things from google <laughs> there's a lot of good information <laughs> 100%. Actually, I love the Kardashians. I do but too. TikTok. I get sucked in No, but time. I did tell, I have a patient of mine said, she goes, well, um, I heard that epidurals don't work. And I said, where'd you get that from? She goes, the Kardashians. And I'm like, <laughs> well stop 100% you can't stop watching it though when it that comes I love them I just get Actually, I'm like yeah. this is like that look at them me. no I love them so I when can't. you guys I mean you probably had a different idea about midwives or out of hospital practices when you started since your grandmother but like what were your ideas about midwives and like we want to get down to the because we know and I want to preface it with saying we know that there are really good out of hospital midwives. And yeah. we, we know that there's really not good out of has- hospital just, I midwives. I, I forgot who said it in the beginning, but it's like, just like there are bad OBGYNs. Yeah. And good OBGYNs are bad midwives. They're good. Because we're, we're all humans. People, like, right. Yeah. We're all people. Um, my idea, if I'm being completely honest, yeah. and completely honest, um, was unsafe, bad, mm-hmm. will lead to bad things, can't be good. Yeah. And that was even my mindset entering this practice to be honest with you I was excited about entering this practice because I knew my mind was open and I knew that I wanted to learn alternative ways of giving birth or or adjunct ways to improve a birth experience and I would say it took me a couple of months of working Tracy is the midwife that I work with the most because she is on with me on my call days and we did that on purpose by the way (laughs) 
I'm so excited yeah. for that. I know. I'm. I feel so special. You I'm are also, special. I'm so spoiled. Oh my God. I'm very spoiled, is what it is. Clearly, I'm the baby of the practice. <laughs> I get like the best everything. Yeah, yeah she does. Um, so. she does. Because <laughs> she's gl- so glowy. Yeah. So you can't let them burn out, right? You gotta yes. like keep them happy. So You're the, the Miana. She's ready. I'm, she's the Miana. Yeah, I know. This I, I'm truly very lucky. But all of that to say, um, it took. I attended a lot. I still attend births with her if I can because I. I love watching her in on labor and delivery, seeing how she does things and how she delivers babies, some of her, you know, little tips and tricks. And after seeing her, it was really working with her for a couple of months and then starting to work with our other midwives and realizing, oh, this isn't unsafe. There are alternate ways of, you know, supporting a woman in in the labor process and maybe even stepping outside of my comfort zone a little bit with regards to the labor curve and things like that that um that made me really change my mind a lot which it's really hard to do it is really hard hard to to do but we grow from being uncomfortable so let me ask you guys what do you guys do with patients who want to control everything Oh, it's so that's, hard. That's a you great every, question. Because I was going to say that's have. a lot of you. That's a lot of your patient it's population. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, those uh, they actually are not very open-minded. Yes. Yeah, we do, and get, that's very mm-hmm. difficult. <clears throat> yeah. So to even develop a trust with them. Yeah. Right. Um. Every once in a while, we have a mom, and I'll say, I d- I don't know why she's here. Like, yeah. Why is she here? And most of our moms pay out of pocket because insurance won't cover us because yeah. we're unsafe or whatever. And I'm like, you just paid all this money out of pocket you're not listening to anything I have to say. So what do I do? I make sure I don't care more than they do. That's when I can shut it off. That's you always say that. You cannot care more than That's while still giving person. them that is good care and being respectful of, of them. Yes. Of course, of course. Yeah, Give them the best always. care I can, yeah. but I'm not going to, I mean, when I first started forever ago, I would beat myself it up would eat constantly you up. and I just yeah. couldn't take it. And then I learned the hard way, like after terrible transfers and not like, yeah. because sometimes you have to like almost force someone to go. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. this isn't safe anymore. At this point you're putting your baby at risk and I don't agree. Yeah. And like you now, have to put, you have to create boundaries for self care yes. because you want to be able to serve everybody who comes to you for care. Yeah. So you have to create boundaries. Well, it's just like any job. There's always going to be yeah. um, any, you know, 80% of the time you're happy and 20% of the time you're unhappy, but yeah. it, it does become very, very difficult. I think those are the most difficult patients, whether yeah. it's, it's a transfer, yeah. it's not I a agree. transfer where they have their yeah. own idea of what they want and they are so mistrustful. Sometimes I feel like I'm a car salesman. Right. Me too. I know that feeling when you're walking into a room and you're like, hello. Yeah. I feel like it's probably. Like, what can I do to win these people over? I feel like it might be harder for you guys because I feel like when people come, for some reason, there is this come as like, we can trust you because you're outside right. of the yep. medical or whatever. But sometimes it gets terrible. And I'll say, they're like, well, what should I do? I'm like, I recommend A, B, and C, but please do your own research because what I say is not the end all. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's terrifying. Too. And so, and <laughs> yeah. that's why I've been trying to, especially with like my clients or transfers or whatever, bring them to safe spaces and be like, listen, I've had these experiences. You can let your guard down here because then it makes your job easier and it makes our job easier. Um, but I wanted to share some, like I had an example of, we had a client who um, was on the autism spectrum and I'm not going to share all of her story. You might remember parts of it, but um, there was a lot of things about her birth that 
could have been very difficult at a hospital outside of your practice. Like even things like her sensory issues of the monitors being too tight. Mm. And I've been to other births at other hospitals where it's like they run in and they use scare tactics. Like your baby could be dying. We haven't listened to your baby in 15 minutes. And instead they're like, hey, um, can we use a Doppler? Like, hey, would it help if you hold the Doppler? Like all these tiny little things that I was just sitting there just like mouth hanging open, like let me scoop it up off the floor (laughs) and took this person who was so scared of the hospital, so scared of medical things for so many reasons. And she ended up being so happy with her birth. And I can tell you, I remember that patient and Mm -hmm. I can tell you that you really have to credit the nurses in the hospital. Oh yeah. The nurses at that birth were like... They were, and I think it's phenomenal. We, we knew what was go- happening because yeah. I'd seen her, I think, a few days before. I mean, I knew what was happening. I knew that she was going to come back, and then we knew that the story. So we, this is all comes with communication. Yeah, like we are yeah. all a continuation of one another. I can't do my job without everybody else. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, or else I'd fail. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was our job to communicate with our nurses, and they knew that she had sensory issues. Yeah, and. She's a lovely girl. Yes. Very smart. From yes. a young age, super smart. Yeah. Like, really brilliant. So, so cute. And so cute, right. And so I remember, and and I think we handpicked a nurse for her who was really mm-hmm. super sensitive to that. And from what I hear, she had a, I don't think, I don't think I delivered her. I think somebody else I delivered her. I didn't deliver her. Did I, I can't deliver? remember. No, it was one of the midwives, yeah. but I cannot remember the name. She was so It happy. was a very long weekend for me, and I was actually at your hospital with two different patients for like 48 hours. Oh. It may have been diamond. Diamond. It may have been diamond, Um, yeah. But, yeah, but even little things just like letting her, like, when she's pushing on her side and it's like, I can't get in a different position, like, not breaking down the bed, not making her move, not, like, and she ended up pushing her, having it, she she had an epidural, but because, which was great, which she was so scared of, but everyone talked her through it, and then she pushed her baby out like such a badass in like 20 minutes. Yeah, she did. Oh. She's because she's young. That's it's why. amazing. Mm-hmm. Those Damn young women. The young ones. The young ones have the, so, the young ones, that man. That young ones. Are yeah. the, the I had best. my first at 16 and people are like, man, that must have been terrible. No. Like, that's probably the best. Okay. So Your body's made. Easy. Yeah. yeah. Just unfortunately. In there and, like, yeah, you don't know much. It's great. Yeah. Well, I would have believed It's the 40 year olds that are harder. Yes. Yes. This is true. I could take a 16 year old all day, every day. No, those women. Are you talking about yourself? No, because I'm just talking about me. No, I'm just oh, okay. saying. When we have me. women that come in in their late 30s, early 40s to have their first, I'm like, I feel so bad for them. Oh, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, gonna be, be a wreck so... if I have a kid. No, you won't. You'll be fine. <laughs> no, you're, you're gonna, gonna be fine. fine. I'll drug you up from the moment you walk into the moment you walk out. You'll be fine. Miles to our birth at an early labor. You're fine. Yeah, you're gonna be fine. I'm not gonna do that though. So you're in this. I never want anybody to do that ever again. You would think some of the doulas are the worst. The really? worst client ever. Yeah. And there because they know everything. Because they know. I can you tell you, tell I've, yes. I can tell you, I've delivered a lot of our own, you know, especially when delivering Merriman. She was probably the easiest patient I've ever oh, had. Oh, nice. Really? Easy. Well, you were good. Well, your first birthday. The only yeah. thing she controlled is the room she was in. Yeah. Was, oh, I she just picked want, it. I just want this room. That's fair. And she may have handpicked her anesthesia and her nurse, but other than that, <laughs> I would have done the same thing though. If and I she were. may have told I me when I to would. break her water. Yeah. She, but other than that, but wait a minute, she was a gem. So she otherwise, managed her entire labor. <laughs> yeah. Course. Now that I think about it, I think she did all the work. I just caught. She didn't even call me. She had her baby alone. Her husband <gasps> wasn't even there. Yeah. On purpose? No. It was an accident. She <gasps> fell out. It was I'm like, like not normal. No one's gonna hire there? you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, you're a lucky, lucky. Oh, one. so lucky. Three hours so of labor. Lucky. Were you scared? I would have been scared shitless. 
I well, I was in denial, like probably until her head Touching came out. Her head, like, oh, that's weird. Is that I was like, my damn surgery? it, that urethral oh sponge God. got me again. <laughs> I always think it's the head. So nobody um, was home with you. My well, my best friend happens to be Alan Diener, so she happened to be there because she was living with us. Oh my God! And then my husband had gone downstairs to fill up the birth tub, and she thought she it. had all this time in the world. <laughs> Because I make fun of oh her. Oh my for god, being you're a so superwoman. Yes, but we thought is. we thought I was a dumb dumb. No, that's amazing. But that's probably the best thing for you that you were it a dumb dumb. <laughs> it was great. I would never. I was like, great. My next one's gonna suck because I can never be in denial ever again. Because nope. well, I know what right it actually right feels like. Yeah. Your baby's head wait a minute. That was the first vagina. one. Yes. Yeah. Oh shit. I and know. that was six but, months ago. But we thought she was oh gonna be one of those people who has her first birth, has been doing birth work, and that she was gonna have a horrendously very traumatic and emotional. She's so. I'm like, she's crying. Yeah. again and so it's kim called again. me That's she called me, me and she's like it's time for us to go there like we'll see what's happening i she's showered being... i thought we had four days ahead of us of you yeah, thrashing of around yes of course three minutes later i'm brushing my teeth on the couch and kim calls back she's like she had a rape on the floor and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was on, on the bed, bed. Okay. okay she had her baby i hadn't even finished brushing my teeth <laughs> Yeah. Moral of that story. Yeah. So that's yeah. what'll happen to you. Yeah. Just, yeah. Your, your let's brain let's just, hope for that. That was for my daughter's experience. I just had to get out of her way. That was not. I can't claim that at all because I just had to get out of her way because she. She was force. coming. Oh. She still is. She still is. But on that that's note, we need trait. to go to break. When we come back from break, we want to talk a little bit about a story together and have some more. I'm really enjoying this. Oh. And then I also need to go buy some things at yes, an auction. At an auction. No, well, my husband wants us to go look at this auction. I'm not. I don't want him to buy a damn thing. <laughs> I don't trust that at all. <laughs> I don't want him to buy one thing. <laughs> all right, let's okay. go to break. Okay, thanks. Cue the music. Oh yeah. So today's sponsor for our episode is us. We started our Patreon recently, and there are special benefits that you can get just by being a patron of our podcast. So if you love our podcast and you would love to support us and putting out more great content, um, sign up for our Patreon. There's three different levels of support that you can give. Any little bit goes a long way in uh, helping us be able to continue making this podcast a reality. And for everyone who is supporting us already, um, we adore you. We thank you so much. Um, and we look forward to entertaining you guys for a long time to come all right let's go back to our episode welcome back from that delightful break it actually was it was so delightful fun. i yeah. pissed on a toilet seat that was heated you peed on the seat like a man <laughs> please no don't. i sat <laughs> wrong with i sat you? on the seat you, you know look. i brought that seat myself from tokyo nice <laughs> I hand brought that seat myself. Wait, did you, yeah. did you walk 100%. onto the plane with it? Oh sure did. God. <laughs> was it around cannot. your neck like a necklace? Nope, in a <laughs> cardboard box. <laughs> put it on top. What? Someone actually does a stand-up about that, about someone bringing their own toilet seat Wait, onto a plane. I love that. I know that. I did. <laughs> no, I went. This is before Toto was really popular here. Oh my God. So I went to Japan oh, and I was like, there was a whole um, Toto... Um, what is it like it's a thing. showroom yeah I mean, they even had some that like would analyze your poop and stuff oh my god you no. say you got to no. test it that's no I mean I tested a few much. and I liked I said I just I'll just take the base model <laughs> listen it's mine and if it's you look it's in Japanese much. that's what you peed it. all over I would love if my poop was analyzed every morning <laughs> I don't want that no my like, ice doesn't analyze that. poop it just cleans it okay it just just cleans it I'd be okay with all of the above so let's tell our birth story yeah but so yeah this has been, I'm, I'm having so much fun. So 
We had a client mm-hmm. who... Backstory. Um, it was not her first baby. She's had several. And long story short, she developed gestational diabetes around 33 weeks. While she I was think. in our care. Yeah. So obviously, you know, she's being risked out. We send her to the endocrinologist. We start getting her set up with MFM. I'm super sad. I love her. I've cared for her before. So... Um, but unfortunately, the endocrinologist that she saw injected her with expired meds and then sent her home with said expired meds and then she couldn't reach them. MFM started taking care of her and they did like manage her diabetes. She was on insulin, mm-hmm. but nothing was working. Like the baby was growing yeah. and her sugars were out of control. Um, she kept having signs of preeclampsia, but the labs weren't like supporting Showing that. that. Mm-hmm. And she was um, doing all the right things. All too, the right yes. things. And she yeah. did an amazing yeah. job with her diet. She was holding herself so accountable to everything and it just like wasn't clicking for her, which so, is so frustrating. It was so frustrating. And so funny story is I first said, listen, there's one practice practice I trust Centerville it's a drive I would absolutely make it if I were you that's where I would go but she lives like she doesn't live where we live she no. lives like an hour away from us almost so, so it was to get here such a commitment it was like two hours here. and she was yeah. like it can't be that bad like I think it's gonna be fine I don't want to make the drive well fast forward to like her sugars were like in the 300s and her We'd blood send pressure her to the was ER multiple times at she, this point. I to kept get sending admitted. her to the ER. None of the local providers would take her because now they don't take local transfers. So it's not Which, like, what does that mean? Wait, yeah. I don't know what that means. Wait, actually, sorry, we don't know what that, that means mean? either. So, I mean, you can't, you can't, isn't there laws that you can't, that's, I don't, we know. probably should look into that. I don't know what the laws are, but yeah, what they that's said was, what is well, it? I mean, she was in the ER like and they call you for a consult. You can't just have not going to But they were saying in the ER that she wasn't concerning enough to admit. Mm. Right. With a sugar she, of 300. Right. And a preeclampsia. They no, told there her was preeclampsia no, levels were coming no. back normal. And right. her blood pressure, though, 170 over 110 at home was normal. It was high was when she the, It was high when she got there. But, but not when lowered. she got up to L&D. When, she, when she's awful. resting. When she was resting. Right. That's nice. Like, it was lower. But even with that blood sugar, they said that she wasn't emergent enough She also had, like, epigastric pain and shoulder pain and decreased baby fetal wasn't movement. moving as yeah. much so they were doing nsts and i was like listen if you have decreased fetal movement i need you to go to the er again she's like i was just there they sent me home i was like i don't care go again so we also said, talked to your mom who was who is a cnm and her mom was like tell her to say these textbook things yeah, and that to will get, get her to make sure and they still nope, did not they sent her home so she's oh. i said well how was your nst because um, no one would take her. MFM was seeing her. So she was getting the high-risk care. But MFM doesn't do deliveries. And they right. wouldn't refer yeah. her for an induction before 39 weeks. Because yes. they can't refer if they're not doing deliveries. They don't have hospital privileges. Yeah. But they could call, like, they, they wouldn't even called. call the hospitalist, <laughs> which is where my phone call came in. But yeah, it's a whole other story. So, <laughs> so she was terrified because yeah. at her last NST, she said they had to make the baby move. That the baby wasn't moving, that they mm-hmm. had to like poke and prod and like jiggle her. And I was like, that just doesn't sound That's right. I thought that was normal. Yeah. yeah. And, and the MFM that we have in our area is typically very fast to induce. Like mm-hmm. if you have any signs that there's an issue, yeah. I've never had them say, let's just not induce. But isn't that usually with clients that are in, in hospital care, care already? Yeah. Then they're just like, hey, let's oh, have an induction. No, I've had set. They tried oh, to our induce. Clients. They tried to induce one of my mom's. Um, and I'm not bashing right now. This is like a story. Her 
she was measuring small for dates according mm-hmm. to what they had um but he, i knew her dates were off well he, oh we're talking about the headset conference mom? no oh okay <laughs> nope other story so mfm had a copy of all of her ultrasounds and i kept calling and saying like the dating ultrasound doesn't match the rest mm-hmm. and they were like well that's what we go by mm-hmm. and i was like there's something off with it there's something off and they're like no we're gonna induce her we're having this baby well, I called because she had her, her, um, her ultrasound like Idaho or something, and they measured it wrong. They measured her uterus from, from rump to uterine wall, not from rump to... And so I was like, oh, it's right here. So I call, and they're like, oh, we have that on record. We just didn't look. Oops. And I was like, the baby's 34 weeks. Like, why would you do it? So they're like, gung-ho, induction, and then no one will induce this mom with a giant baby gestational diabetes yeah. so like then I poorly I controlled think she, diabetes very I think she poorly went to the controlled ER two or three times yes at least three yeah. times um, because what else am I going to do so I'm I am We're a community and at this time you've already midwife. risked her out so she's not even your patient anymore oh, but you're just yeah. facilitating oh, yeah. so technically we <clears throat> legally have to provide care though for 30 days because of abandonment and, yeah. so we right. had to keep seeing her but yeah we like had technically risked her out but and I didn't know what we don't take local transfers. And I was like, like for midwives. And she's like, no, if she were coming from a practice outside of this area, we could take her. But we're no longer taking. That sounds like bullshit to I've me. They didn't, they, that. I mean, that, that's I've never bullshit. Heard anyone say so that. So no that's one bullshit. would take her on as a patient, correct, from us, so that she would actually be their patient, not just someone so, who is coming in to get right. care. And so this sweet, sweet woman at the front desk goes, "You know," because she was new. She's like, "Well, I'm here. I'm new here. I don't really know the rules, but I think they just really want time to get to know these women." And I was and like, "That's three bullshit. Minutes really? Visits that's, that they have. That's the problem." So I panicked and I Probably started texting <laughs> you. Dr. Ashimi because well, at this point our only option was to keep well, seeing thought, her prenatally and then for her to go in when labor at starts. 39 weeks or when labor starts or when point, or when the baby dies right Correct. or when yeah. she feels no fetal movement yeah. right and yeah. so I started panicking so they're panicking and I'm panicking on the inside obviously. and you know when a midwife yeah. starts panicking it's not there's good. a problem that's not good that's it's not, not good. good I don't panic no, I, I would Tracy say that you're true about that but Kim panics she doesn't panic about birth stuff but she panics in her own life Constant. Right, constant. <laughs> it's a constant state of panic yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the time. But I was like, this. She kept saying, like, I just feel like my baby's gonna die, and I was yeah. like, well, let's you always listen that. to the mother. If the right. mother says yeah. that she has a bad feeling, yeah. nine times out of ten, well, there's something bad. She was very upset because she no. was trying to get help, and she went to her online chart, and the the first thing the doctor wrote was mom is very what did she say mom uh, is anxious mom is very over anxious and um panicking and like essentially she's crazy don't listen to what she's saying why would she panic and i'm like oh i don't fucking know because her sugars are 300 you and don't just 170 over 110 and she's going to decrease movement so yeah. many reasons so yeah. i'm thinking if i'm saying there's a problem and I'm just a midwife, like just a midwife. Just a midwife. Oh. Yeah. So then why don't you yeah. see it? So that's when I called or texted you. Like, could you please talk to me about this? Maybe I'm panicking for no reason. And you were like, You're like uh-uh. you are definitely panicking I for a reason. I can tell you on the like, receiving end of these text messages that you then pass that panic on to, to me. <laughs> who then passed that really panic sorry. on to me. No. I'm so sorry. But I... I couldn't live with myself. Well, I was like, I have to do everything. That's the right thing to do for the patient. Yeah. We'd yeah. sent her to the hospital over the weekend on a Saturday, I think. And I yeah. was actually at a birth. So, like, mm-hmm. we were, like, trying to manage that 
and then it was i was until i saw her on monday at a prenatal yep. that we finally were like this is we have to stop like this cycle this has is ridiculous. to stop like something has to change and i think you're she, no longer she safe. ended up like she was taking insulin twice a day and mm-hmm. still expired insulin. Ins- well and well they, she was still, they also just I she was over 300 when she came to the hospital oh my god yeah. i, I should that. say that yeah, when yeah, yeah. when mfm took over care for insulin like for diabetes they mm-hmm. were not giving her expired meds some endocrinologists but in still, West Virginia that's even scarier that. right like it wasn't working nothing was working no and that's yeah. what she was like why isn't it working so i just thought and this and this is a very selfish thought that is completely besides the point but had something happened to her or that baby that would have been our fault of course yeah, it would of be course. i and mean then, not, oh, not just medical legally but mentally yeah, oh, yeah. Like, we couldn't win in that situation no. yeah. so yeah i just i mean technically though it wouldn't have been our fault because oh, yeah. oh, well but legally but like, yeah. legally it would have but we're you are doing everything oh, chart, to try and get I her everything. So what I'm not she worried needs, about that, but. but still, you would have felt that, and legally, it probably would have come back well, on us. It's even though we live with, I don't, yeah. I don't, you know, I think I always tell myself women. I don't, I'm not worried about lawsuits because yeah. I know yeah. that I do everything I can. I exactly. know the girls that I work with are doing everything they can. Yep. So. And they can sue you because they don't like the color of your hair. Go yeah. ahead, we sue are me. Go ahead, go ahead, and, go ahead, and exactly. sue me. We, we go yeah. above standard. And you of care. follow protocol. Yeah. 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 and you chart yeah. every yeah. chart yeah. everything. Chart you know. You yeah. go ahead and sue. I, I'm not afraid of being right. sued. Right. What I'm afraid of is doing the wrong thing or ne- neglecting somebody or not mm-hmm. listening yeah. to somebody. That's what I'm afraid we of. We were talking uh, about this on the way up, though. It's like I feel like for the hospital, there's very strict right stand like codes and like standards to avoid lawsuit. Unfortunately, with our license, there's so much gray area that there's a lot more yeah. room for for malpractice. I feel like, and also we don't get to carry malpractice insurance. Like it is cost prohibitive to our care, so it it is a little bit different. But yeah, interesting. I didn't know yeah. that. So, but anyway, it's like, but you guys were. I was listening in all these conversations, and I'm like, what the fuck's happening? Oh my god! I was standing out on my porch, and I realized we have. Chuck was hanging out in the, in the camper. Yeah. And I was like talking to her husband who I love. And I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. You put her in the fucking car right now and you take her to the goddamn ER. I'm sorry. I'm yelling. And he was like, so Chuck pops his head out. He's like, is everything okay? I was like, no, no, it's not. Like, I, oh God, I was so upset. Yeah. Um, rightfully so. I was so upset. Yeah. I was like, the, literally, I'm rightfully watching so. a mom whose baby yeah. is going yeah. to die. Yeah. Yeah, so, she called me, and then I remember I wasn't on. I think you were on. You're right, I or was maybe. On call, yeah. I, and then I, I, we. It was on those times where the hospital was super busy. You guys were super busy, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to accept a patient on their behalf right. because I'm not going to be there. Right, right. Um, but I mean, but we had. She to. was. I mean, we had no choice. We had no really. Choice. I mean, ethically, we had no choice. Okay, but you did have yeah. a choice, and you and decided. And to ethically, do. all the other providers we had called had said no. Yes. So that that's. The whole so you did. You have to. You have to credit. credit yourselves for doing. Well, I mean, give her credit because I couldn't have accepted for her on her behalf. She be accepted. Give you credit first. Of all. I love. Look, I second love of all, I don't no, like, you, I don't like no, that. you, no, you, no, you. you. But <laughs> second of all, and I think she was a little under thirty-seven when she came to me. By the right? time she, she got, was thirty-six, she and was change. thirty-six and something. Yeah. Um, and we talked about yes, according to guidelines, with such poorly controlled diabetes with a baby that's this big and I think non-reactive NST and yep. blood pressures that were severe so, range. Uh, I mean, she met all it was criteria a lot. It was at that a lot. point for an I injection. Ju- oh. Not to mention she was about to be a grand multip, I believe. Yeah, five. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I mean, if there was anyone to start an induction with, you know. You're the one. You're and the one. How fast. So she, she was, was. She went so fast. She was like, 
Well, we knew she would. She was four centimeters on arrival. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then she goes, in my mind, I was going to be this graceful, quiet, beautiful (laughs) birther. I love this (laughs) woman, but I know her. She's a Viking warrior. There's no way. way. She She goes, they broke my water and I had that baby 30 minutes later and I screamed the whole time. Yeah, (laughs) she she sure did. Well, didn't she say that she scared all other women on the unit who were like, give me epidural right now. (laughs) You came in and somebody came in and joked like, well, thanks to you, everyone's getting the epidural it's probably the nurse (laughs) no she was well this is the other upside to our practice is that as opposed to my training and my first practice I have seen so many unmedicated births at this point and I now feel fairly comfortable with the the sights and sounds that come along with an unmedicated (laughs) birth that's a nice phrase for that Um, yes I mean realistically right it's a very primal time and there really is no filter on that yeah. scenario. Especially when you think about so, like, how charged her experience was. I'm yeah. sure she, she was, was releasing so, so much, much in that moment. And I'll be honest with you, given some of the other stuff I've seen, that actually was not that. Yeah. Like, I know I in her told mind, her, she's still a she badass, might, right? Yeah. yeah, but I remember her birth well, and it was not <laughs> at all. Isn't she just great? Yes. Her husband's great. I yes. just love them so I love much. Her. And yeah. so, like, in the yeah. end, like, one, it was so concerning to me that I had to reach out to you all mm-hmm. an hour away and to get good care. Yeah. Thank God for you guys. And like, thank what God. What would we have done? Seriously. I have no idea. It was so scary. And too, like we really appreciate the care that you're giving mm-hmm. to women. Like we need, if you could just teach other people how to care. And I know that's impossible. I think it all, it all stems from, Having from Dr. Hashimi support. and it stems from Tracy. I think those two, as much as they bicker and love each other and hate each other they are the foundation she doesn't hate they me i just hate her <laughs> right. they have a love-hate relationship we they know this they have one of the best relationships i've seen no i adore two her people they but love each other her. deeply um she's It'll gonna ruin our podcast. Podcast. No. no she don't know she don't she's know she's gonna know um she don't know she also does know but yeah no i think it's it's because of you guys that we're able to, to and we and, and i can tell you that the the providers that we have picked, we have handpicked. Yeah. We have a lot of applications that come through mm-hmm. our door. And we can tell <laughs> the vibe. You know, yeah. we can tell who's... Who's you like, are lucky. We're yeah. so who's lucky. Who's kooky like us and who's not kooky your like us. Your vibe attracts your tribe. Yes. Yeah. It's true. But obviously you're amazing or yeah. it wouldn't have worked out. Well, mm-hmm. it just speaks to like the humanist, right? Like I have a friend who's a travel nurse right now and she talks about how uns- like she's had an amazing experiences where she's felt really supported, where yeah. she feels like she could be the best version of herself. And then she's had other experiences where she can't. And so like this conversation is just like grounding me in like the humanness of all of what we're doing, right? Like mm-hmm. you guys are able to provide amazing care because you feel well supported and you feel like you have your community and I don't think you can like minimize the importance of that no matter like what provider you are it's Mm -hmm. critical and I don't think that's prioritized at all in our society because our job is so much of like giving of ourselves to help other people and that depletes you and if you don't have that community you will it's very true if you don't have Mm -hmm. a safe space to come back to yeah in in all of medicine really but specifically in OBGYN I have to say obviously because because I am an OB we give so much of ourselves and Mm -hmm. it can be so scary and so emotionally charged that if you have a safe space to come back to to even just text a group of women that you trust and say well people doesn't have to be women but in my case Mm -hmm. thankfully it is yeah um because we're the strong usually women usually we are the superiors Um, but just text to text and say this horrible situation 
I just got out of. You know, everyone's fine, but I am I am so still emotionally charged about it yeah. and have a group of women flocking to your defense and support yes. validating everything that you're going and through. it's not just obstetrics i mean it's yeah. even gynecology if you think yeah. that we don't yeah. have difficult surgeries you yeah. know yeah. <laughs> all the time let me cases, tell you <laughs> we have cases that you're like well shit my yeah. mom used to call and be like listen to this and i'm like ah, <laughs> ah, that's terrible i know yeah so it's just i think i think it is the support and it's yeah it's that i get the support from all all these girls yeah and i mean they they lift me and they're one of the purposes of how i can keep going is because i have them with me and when and when you need to check out and just be you and go take time away Mm -hmm. it's okay yeah i can i because i I know that that i even told her when i I told her when I hired her, I said, when I die, which yeah. is eventually going to happen, <laughs> hopefully sooner she's than never, later. She's never dying. She's I said, <laughs> hopefully sooner than later. <laughs> no. I was God like, I just thing. want you guys to live this so legacy. Sad. This is what I want. And I want to entrust these uh, women into yes. the hands of somebody else that will do the same thing. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yep. So That's how important. I think of it. I'm to a have second generation birth worker and Evie, so are you. Yeah. And then Evie wants to be. But still to have that too. person, like how many times have I called you from the bathroom of like, the Winchester Medical yeah. bathroom floor crying. in the waiting room I'm like, crying. Oh, no. and you're like, what the fuck is happening? Why are you crying? Because <laughs> yeah. I don't cry. And when I cry, if Ever. I call her at 2 a.m. and I'm crying, she's like, oh, Who no. died? What's <laughs> happening? Yeah. Yeah, it's so important. We Unlike are very me. lucky. <laughs> Cries all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the time. Oh, my God. How many times did I make you cry Once like the day. very first month we worked together? <laughs> I kept texting my all husband. Oh, she's crying again. No, when I first started dating my husband, I'd have to sneak into the bathroom of the restaurant and call Kim. Like, hey, can you like interpret what he's saying right now? Because he makes me want to cry. But I know that he's just talking like you. Yeah, you so married me. I did I, marry with you. a penis. They both we make, all in some they both way make me marry cry all some time. versions. I thought you said that people. you married me because he's a nine. Because he's I a nine. Both of them. I don't even Things know what I that Things I need means. to do. Learn my it's, Enneagram. Because we can't sleep together. So I had to marry somebody like you guys. I can Ooh. sleep with. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's important. It's so hot, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I literally gagged a little bit of the cracker back up thinking about so, it. So I want to circle back around because I think that we're talking this about. This has to go to an auction. Yeah. No, but we yeah. still have 10 minutes. But I want to talk a little bit more <laughs> about. She don't play. I don't play. We have That's ten. what you're here for. That's why ten she's more here. fucking minutes. She's the only reason we're still going. Let's yeah. be honest. So. We're talking about how we have found this niche right here in our community, which has only happened very recently. That, yeah, yeah. Oh, that feels recent to me, but I guess it's not. Um, so yeah, but this is a problem. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna bring it down to America in a whole. That like we have out of hospital America practices is in a hole right now. That's yeah, correct, for we sure. have in hospital practices. We have people not communicating with each other. And ultimately at the end of the day, because of that, it's I mean, we suffer, but our clients, the patients suffer at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, how can we have a conversation about how these two worlds that you said are not really different worlds? How can we make that better? But just doing what you're doing right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're reaching out, you're reaching out to people, you know, having good conversation with providers on both ends and, um, and, and you just, just being in like a network for each other. I mean, that's that what you're doing right now is helping. Hopefully yeah, this will thousands and thousands of people will hear mm-hmm. this 
and they'll tell their friends and they'll tell their doctors and they'll tell their birth providers and, and say, oh, we don't have to be enemies. We you don't have friends. to be enemies. Yeah. No. And we could go to Naked Spa yeah. together mm-hmm. and feel really safe <laughs> being naked together. Minus, minus Netta. Yeah, no. she's not. No Naked Spa. You can spa wear a robe. You can yes. wear a robe. I'm, I'm also okay with making frenemies, like people I don't actually like, but we can still like work together on the professional well, I mean, I, front, yeah. but we I don't mean, get naked and pulls together. I'm, right. I'm okay with that too. Yeah, we don't have to be friends. We just have to be respectful. With you, well, yeah, I think forming Maybe. that safe—that's safe, that safe, a safe circle, place to land, safe, yeah, safe referral circle. But also, we have to be able to trust one another. So, if if we trust the the information that you provide us with when right. you're referring a patient, and you know, I think it's that level of trust. And then, if your patients trust you, which obviously I think the majority of them mm-hmm. do, and you trust us, like logically, it's ideally, gonna work out. You should be from, able to from tell an algebra, them. From an algebra perspective. <laughs> yeah, from a true <laughs> from sense. a true logic 101 perspective. I took a logics class in, in undergrad. How did that go for you in real life? <laughs> Not, <laughs> Not well. The um, frenemy of my frenemy is my friend. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. But no, it would be, you know, I think I think that is something, and I think Dr. Hashimi brought this up, I think it is something that's difficult when we do get some of these patients that are transfers from yep. home birth centers. Um, it's that lack of trust. Yeah. That is that is a hurdle that I think we, I, personally, I still struggle with, and that's why my consent process for some of these patients takes like 30 to 45 minutes, because I want to make sure that all their questions are answered and that they feel heard. And oh, they can tell. Saying, they can tell I that. Like that. you taking that time is what makes or breaks their perceived birth experience. And obviously I have to have know? the time to do that. But if I have that luxury, right. I try to do it because mm-hmm. I want them to know if I do recommend a C-section, which by the way, I always say to my patients, C-section is not a bad word. You know, no. just like yeah. hospital is not a bad word. Like ultimately sometimes I, that's a safe alternative. I feel like all of my clients tell me at the end of the day, if I need a C-section, it's just that trust process of, do I actually need a C-section yeah. or is this person just telling me I need a C-section and I don't actually. And so that's where yes. it all comes down to is the trust because they want to be a healthy mom and a healthy baby too. Yeah, nobody wants to harm their baby. Yeah, no, of no. course. And it's of also course. it's also just like a shifting in perception of what your birth is going to be, right? So like, I think a lot of our moms that we transfer, a lot of times we transfer because like in our hearts we know they need a C-section, right? Like yeah. it's not always like that. Sometimes they do just need like an epidural and some yeah. rest, right? But like for some of them, we transfer them knowing that that might be ultimately what they need. And I think just taking that thirty to forty minutes to like allow them to reframe what their experience is going to be and own it makes a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. we just had the last transfer I had to Winchester was amazing. And um, it was such a shame because she labored for days and she was such a badass and so amazing. Yeah. And her husband were all just awake and dying yeah. a slow death. Her obviously more than the rest of us. Yeah. But after his experience and it was such a great delivery and it was such it was so great. He goes, you know, I was so terrified of the hospital. And, and I know you were saying to me, like, you're coming with us. We can trust the doctor. But I was so tired if I just would have not seen the hospital as a bad word I think we would have transferred 24 hours before Mm -hmm. and so we always tell people like if transfer is your biggest fear don't be afraid of that like it's gonna be fine we're going because they have something that I don't have Mm -hmm. and that's why we need to go but it's gonna be fine if you transfer so we always try to like instill that from the beginning we talk about transfer throughout there because what if it does happen and transfer yeah. doesn't mean a c-section no I mean, the last thing we want to yeah. do honestly right. yeah. is a c-section but usually do, it doesn't yeah, we usually for us it doesn't right. it's not that I, I always tell that to the patients too i don't want to do a c-section right. on you this is not something i desire for like, you ooh, she's got a actually, good belly it's 
it's actually a lot more work for us. No, it's a no, lot I'm of work. Sure. A lot more paperwork, yeah. a lot more and work. stress. Know, and I think for me, I'm in-house anyway. So that's another thing I tell the patients. Unless it's a weekend, I'm there anyway. So it doesn't really make a difference to me whether right. you labor for six hours mm-hmm. or whether it might be different for, I think, other providers, maybe somebody who's out of house. But if they are out of house, that means they're usually within 30 minutes anyway. So it really doesn't make that much of a difference for people who are covering that 24-hour shift but if all the practices were approaching women the way you guys were i don't think we would have this fear of the hospital do you know what i mean i think it's getting better it is i I think i think you you are going to see a shift i think in this area it's going to see a shift here yeah um i i mean i i find that even the the hardened doctors that i remember when i first started um they are now much more accepting and yeah. doing perineal care and Aww. birth you know all of us like oh That's so reassuring yeah. so you know nice. it's so, i mean all of the stuff they were like you know and and mm-hmm. now they're on these committees for c-section committees yeah. that where if you they, they think if you've done a c-section it used to be 5 p.m and everyone gets a c-section 5 p.m at c-section yeah. Yeah. yeah but now everybody's like well did you give the person more time i mean there's a committee in our hospital that looks at every c-section That's whether amazing. they were actually uh, consented yeah. properly huh. if they were given the time and were there any other options they could have done before yeah, they went before to a c-section that's amazing yeah, yeah. it is it is we amazing. have that in winchester no one's ever oh, talked about this is recognized for for their a center of care. mormon excellence yeah. Yeah. center of excellence has Farrow's like looked at being like an example for other facilities like is there any kind of like outreach program or well like no but it is for the anova for the anova system it is okay. whereas almost Farrow's is the one that they compare the benchmark to Oh, nice. For um, a lot of stuff. So then that bleeds into Loudon and Fairfax and um, like yeah. the other Nova Alex, hospitals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I don't think people should be afraid of the hospital. Do you know what I mean? Ideally, but, they wouldn't be. Right, and it's right. It's sad yeah. that we ever came to the point, but it's also to like, to give people who have been through those experiences, there was real reasons why those things came about why people were scared to go to the hospital yeah. and that their human rights weren't being respected mm-hmm. and so i mean i get yes. that's why we're doing this is to try and i mean that i agree with and i think there are some um subsets of people that are still not respected yeah, and still absolutely. not uh, that are still underserved and numbers, still yeah. i mean even in this area yeah. where they are underserved they're not taken seriously they have worse outcome because they're not not getting the proper care yeah well we talk about yeah. that all the time like we serve a very specific population of families right we serve like fairly upper middle class white families like we talk about all the time how if the if like we have experiences where parents are aren't being empowered and they're not their rights are not being respected and their informed consent is not decent we talk about like what it must be like for other populations who are minorities oh, yeah. who don't have english as a first language they don't even know to ask their for experiences it yeah, yeah must be completely different so and it's we, definitely something we know that, that by numbers i mean board. maternal mortality rates and oh morbidity yeah and one of yeah. my friends who's a an lnd nurse and we've had a whole bunch of babies at home um she texted me super upset one night because um, a hispanic woman came in who did not speak any english whatsoever and the interpreter wasn't there it was in the middle of the night and it was a v-back mom and she was pushing um the doctor that was there was like fuck this drug her back to the er or to the or and and took that baby via c-section yelling she didn't yell but she goes she goes i don't do v-backs get another doctor if that's what you want to do and pull that baby back out. I don't like hearing those. Things. And you know, that's uh, interestingly enough, that's a very difficult C-section to do. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I. Why would you do that? I mean, yes, that is like the I worst just had one C-section. Of those it is like, yeah. But this doctor is like known for spiteful decisions, and I don't know mm. why. Like, she could have just pushed her baby out. So like, because we 
like this is a I feel like this is an assumption that people and make. without an interpreter by the way she yeah, baby never got her Ethical. interpreter that baby and she good. doesn't it, know the baby was fine yeah but she doesn't know that that's not you can't do that like yeah. no one and she probably I, will never know and of yeah. course not. that's hard for me to hear as an OB can I ask like, I don't like to further that oh, can I ask like a really charged question because we yeah. don't get a lot a lot of opportunities to speak to OBs right is there a financial incentive for decisions no. made in the hospital? Wait, for no, us? not for y'all, but yeah. for an institution. I don't. I don't think so because the cost. Better than I, would. I mean, we get paid the same for C-section or vaginal. Mm-hmm. We get paid because we get a global fee. Because you get a global. So we get paid at the end w- whether we've seen them one time or fi- well, actually, no. If we've seen them less than four times, you get less. But we get paid a global fee at the end. Okay. And it's really not as much as you think. Whether it's a C-section or vaginal makes zero difference. Oh, we deal zero with difference. Too, doesn't matter. No yeah. difference. Yeah. It's like so from an insurance but perspective, maybe. But from like a practitioner's insurance, perspective. Yeah, yeah. But the hospital perspective, yes, they probably get paid more the because the service mm-hmm. is more and the cost is more to them too because they also have to they have they're in the hospital right, longer. Right. So but, I'm not and the sure risk if, is higher too, but that I would think. It's never impacted my decision making because ultimately at the end of the day, yes, C sections are surgeries that we do all the time. So we all feel fairly comfortable right. with C sections unless they're extremely difficult. Even then we still feel And there's nothing wrong with that. Because people but, say to us all the time, Oh, you get to see babies be born all the time and we're like, Yeah, that's something we do it's all just the time. Normal. We do all the time. It's fine. But it's still a surgery. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. I'd want you to be comfortable with it, right? Yeah, like, oh, please yeah. just run in the mill, right? <laughs> I don't know. I can't imagine somebody thinking, mm, an extra five hundred dollars. No, and like, I and I can know, honestly tell you that insurance companies uh, reimburse the hospitals as well, and they are actually looking at lower so- C-section rates. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so there is a the, the motivation yeah. to decrease your C-section rate is not always because of the goodness of their hearts. Right, right, right. I think it is really because of in- reimbursements. Um, right, right. And I and the lower the better their scores, um, patient satisfaction scores, scores for the hospital, less yeah. incurring costs the better the hospital is. So, so I think that's a shift recently, which that's a whole other conversation because I think it maybe years ago. So I have seen that shift where it's like, no, now hospitals are actively trying to lower that yeah. and people mm-hmm. are wanting that. There's like each practice, like my mom was in a practice once when we were in Florida that um, the OBs had been doing it for a really long time and they just didn't want to do the deliveries at night. So the midwives would do all the night deliveries. But if you did a delivery, it was a $500 bonus for every mom you delivered. And so I was like, ma, are you like, scheduling all the people you know what I mean (laughs) and she's like no but some of the midwives do like they will schedule all the inductions like during their shift that's a $500 incentive I'm like I might be tempted to break someone's water Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want to acknowledge that I just noticed we should have known that this is going to be like a place for us right because I just saw a sign above your head that says welcome to the shit show Starring I Centerville OBGYN. <laughs> and wow, did you just overreact. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the first things I noticed when I first came to work here. Awesome. And I felt so safe. I felt like yeah. I was walking into a warm hug. Love yeah. it. A warm hug. The shit show. The, the That's nice. I love that. Shit shows sign. are my comfort So it's zone. time to close yeah. out our episode. I want to ask you guys, as the people that we're interviewing, is there anything that you guys want to say to close out the episode? Just... Like, throw it out there. So 
So I, I will say, you know, I started working here and I was, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm like the most crunchy granola because at the end of the day, like I am still an MD and I am still like very evidence-based and focused on numbers and percentages. And you don't have to apologize for and that. <laughs> nope. Thank you. Thanks nope. for, thank you for making me feel that way. Um, <laughs> but I, my, my overarching view of birth has changed a lot since starting to work with midwives and I Thank you for trying to create a safe space where doctors and midwives can have a conversation. Can you say come together? (laughs) Yes, come together. (laughs) Come together to create a safer situation where it's not a middle of the night shit show transfer. Where it's instead it's. I'm concerned about this patient and mimosas and, you know, I trust you. and Because we need you guys. We need OBs. And the patient knows, once again, back to Logic 101, the patient knows that I trust you and I recommend you guys. So, or y'all. I hate the y'all. term you guys. Y'all are so much Oh, I'm more from inclusive. New Jersey, so it's you guys. Women I, get very You know, I was just that, reading but, a New York mm-hmm. Times article about how y'all yeah. is more inclusive. Mm-hmm. I've stolen y'all from the South. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> all of that to say, um, thank you for trying to provide a safe space to talk about this. And I do hope more practices. Like I said, I'm not like Crunchy Granola 101, but I have become... 102, lot, 102. I have become a lot more open-minded than I ever thought She's I like would She's like soggy be. granola. I'm, I'm starting to get there. She She's, even made fun of me one she day. She still shaves. That's what's for that way. <laughs> Listen, I couch myself as granola, but I will never stop shaving I my vagina. Not. Yeah. I can't yeah. not. I can't not. At least the labia need to be shaving. free. I'll never stop shaving. We're not breathe. talking about vagina. need to breathe. <laughs> I'll never stop shaving. It it is. Thank you. Or I'm like, tell me if you can see the head because I'm driving as fast as I can. They're like, I don't know. She has so much pubic hair. I can't tell. Okay. Shit out of luck then. Damn it. I I know. I'm going to have Meredith call you then because she's got a lot more experience with that than I do. Well, I just wanted to say thank you. I guess um, thank you for being open-minded i've always had a soft spot for midwives i mean that's Clearly. that i mean Obviously. i mean that has always been my thing yeah i mean that's i think that's where my heart is so um i am very thankful that we have providers out there that are evidence-based and follow guidelines and trust us on the other end as well and um and that we provide a good care for women because at the end of the day the the motto of our practice is it's um for women by women. I love that. I love, I that. love that. The superior species. Working you should with, add that. Working with all women is the best. For the, the superior species. We're going to close species. with that for the record. I also think we're going to make a new t-shirt that says that, by the way. I do like that. Mm-hmm. That should be our true motto. It no, should I do be. Like work, I, working with only women is my favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have Dr. McLaren, though. He's our MFM. That's true. He's he's. It's yeah. true. But he doesn't but he must know. be good. He's he wonderful. He doesn't be, know he's yeah. not he a man. Yeah, he woman. doesn't know. He doesn't know yet. He doesn't know we're doing this today. No. <laughs> That's what I tell my husband. I'm like, you got a vagina in there somewhere. I know it. He's like, no, gotta be I just in there. put myself inside a vagina quite regularly. <laughs> I also always call in the male spirit, right, when we do call in. So you need like a little bit you of balance, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. you do. So yeah. at the end of the day, it's not about us. It's not about me and you. It's not about what we're doing. It's the fact that all of us can like work together to make experiences better for mothers and families all of those things and that needs to start happening on a more nationwide basis not Mm -hmm. just right here yeah um and it will it will yeah it's changing i I hope you're right i know i'm right it'll be right 
such an optimist for No, I hate people, no, but I know really, this will happen. She, is, she <laughs> also she hate people. I know. We have that in common. Yeah, yeah. She wouldn't be able to build this if she weren't. And yeah, so true. I want to end it. We always end it with a cheers, but instead cheers. of sending cheers, I want to say for women by women. Yep. So the superior species. Ready? <laughs> superior species. Cheers. Love that. Cheers. For women by women.